2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to this Wednesday edition of Benzingo's Pre-Market Prep. Spencer Israel, Joel Elkanen, Dennis Dick with you this morning. Man, are we in a fast market. We got some bigger earnings and some bigger M&A, or vice versa, I guess. Big M&A and bigger earnings. So I thought the story of the day was going to be Amazon and their blowout quarter and Jeff Bezos and Alphabet. Uh, but now we got news about a half hour ago that GW Pharma is going off the board. Jazz Pharmaceuticals is buying GWPH. We're going to talk about that deal. Uh, and then we're going to talk about it with uh, Alan Brockstein as well. He's going to join us in about eight or so minutes. And so Alan's going to talk about that deal with us. And we'll just kind of work, we'll talk through it. And then at 835, we've got Jeremy Newsom on this show from Reallifetrading.com, one of our favorite guests. So a lot to get to on today's show. Let's bring in Joel, bring in his charts. How are we doing this morning?
3: Uh, Doing well, Spencer. A couple good reports. Kind of a funky close there. Uh, We really settled at 18 and a quarter, but man, they bid that right up after the... uh, Right after that 4:30 open and just a little, little, little swirliness, but uh here we are. We're up 10 and a half handles. We did trade through the high from yesterday. Got some big levels up above. I'll talk to about a little bit later in the show. Uh, crude hanging in the 55 handles. Sometimes you see these commodities stall the big area. Not 55 so far. Trading at the high of the session, multi-year high in the crude oil market. Gold. Basically, muted up five bucks at 1438.40. Let's see, silver that's up almost 62 cents at 27.01. So, really, not to squeeze I wanted. And uh, Bitcoin, I'm gonna throw this to Dennis and I'm gonna throw this to Spencer. And if you can get within two without looking at it in a chart, how many consecutive closes has the Bitcoin futures had in the 30,000 handle?
2: I have no idea. I don't know. I have no idea.
3: <laughs> is is Dennis on the show? Today? Yeah,
1: I'm here. I don't understand the question.
3: Uh, okay. Do you know thirty thousand? <laughs> do you know forty thousand? Do you know yeah, those that's two numbers? Yeah, a big range, though. Okay. Thirty
1: percent, right? Thirty-three percent range.
3: Well, that's Bitcoin. Where you been, Dennis? Okay. <laughs>
1: So, so what are you how- telling me? Tell tell me what this means. It's closed between 30 and 40,000 for a long time. Tell me what it means.
3: It means we got a big move coming. That's what we want. We like big moves. I hope
1: it's yeah. higher. I'm still long Bitcoin. Yeah. I try not to look at it ever again though because I'm going to trade out of it. I need to stop looking at the long-term portfolio. I'm I'm in Bitcoin. I'm going to 0 or I'm going to 100,000. Or what's the, what's the twins target? What's the twins target on uh the, the the twins, Spencer Israel. What they say five hundred thousand? What's the
2: twins? The, the Winklevon uh, boys. D- yeah. The, the Winklevi, the the Winklevosses, the Winklevi. I'm not quite sure how you did call they, them. Winkles. Did, it, did uh, it, the Winklevs? What's the Winkles? target?
3: Uh, um, did it they have a thousand dollar target in GameStop?
2: They uh, I don't make the comment on GameStop. They they, they, yeah, they, they, be- did. they believe in the next decade Bitcoin will hit five hundred thousand dollars.
1: Five hundred thousand. Well, I'm gonna go a hundred thousand. So I'm just going with 100000 Maybe I should go 500000 Okay. New, so I'm oh, going so zero or $500,000. You still didn't, get, in that you still didn't get It's on zero or it's $500,000. i will go with that. <laughs> so I'm still in, yeah. I sold half. I told you. It doubled in six weeks. I sold half forever playing with the house's money. And that's it. I'm not going to look at it now. I'm not going to become a crypto trader. People want me to become a crypto trader. I can't do that. Because I have to say uh, that would that would destroy my marriage. That would, that would, you, yeah. hours. It would a day.
2: destroy his marriage.
1: <laughs> yeah. That yeah, I mean, would cost me a lot more money, even if I started making money <laughs> on crypto. Because if I start trading twenty four hours a day, I'm getting divorced. <laughs> there is no trading twenty four hours a day, so uh, I cannot look at crypto. Sorry.
3: I wonder not, how those. Ver- crypto trader. I wonder how those virtual divorces are going. Right. You know, you can't go to court. Anyways. Probably,
1: probably, <laughs> probably a lot more of them. Oh, Jesus. People can't get away from their spouses right now. You know, you're in lockdown, especially in Ontario. We're in full lockdown here. So
3: uh, okay, probably
1: probably some fights going on. So anyway.
3: 20, 20, yeah, like when I wanted Lisa to sell the GME, that was like the only fight. Yeah, that was a had.
1: big fight. Did you get rid of it all? You did get rid of yes, it all. Right? Yes. Holy, you advocated for yourself. And did you tell Lisa you were right? Yeah, you're right for now. I mean, well, you never know. Maybe the next squeeze comes. But I think I think, you know, we're, we're we, we, we well,
3: this is what happened. We I, you know, she, she's home on Wednesdays, right? And I was like, I wanted to sell the open last Wednesday. It was just all over the place. And she said, no, I want to see how it trades today. And I said, how about the close?" And because I go, I'm just sick of talking about it. I don't want to say anything, yeah. you know. And I'm telling you, a very small position in this, a very small position. And she said, "Okay, okay I'll sell the close." And the close that day was three forty-seven fifty-one. And I woke up the next sale. But I when I woke up in the morning, it was it was like four fifty, and I'm like, "Oh man, oh man, this was not a good sale." and then the next day it it settled at 193 and then three oh, and a quarter no. to it yeah so it was it was you know it ended, it
1: ended up ended. being a good sale you might yeah. have not got the actual top but you did pretty well
3: yep so, right. so what's
1: the story now joel i mean well just let me technical... tell you just is what i tell you yeah, it's okay.
3: T- okay, 22 consecutive closes in the in the 30k in the 30 handle oh back to bitcoin yeah and i so i'm looking for a breakout above 40 or a break it doesn't are seem you like on bitcoin I have a little little GBTC. I don't. You went GBTC. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I went QBTC in Canada. That's where I'm got my exposure because I could put it in my RRSP for you Canadians out there. Yes, it's TFSA eligible, and so you can stick it in there. So that's why I went QBTC. Although. I know when I bought it, it was only like a two percent premium. So there's a little bit of premium when you're buying these BTCs and Q B T C So you got to think about that stuff. I, so I have yeah, G- you pick your investment vehicle, how you want exposure to it.
3: I have GME levels, but I'm I'm, I'm not going to give them out on the show. If you want my GME levels, I want your you, GME you, levels. I'm I'm not. i no. You can. Why. See because I'm not, I'm not giving everything out for free. I'm giving things out to the to the highest bidder. Okay,
2: can so, we can we move if away? If you from want this? my
3: GME levels, send me an email at joel at Let Yo- me know what you're willing to pay, and it will go to the highest bidder. Yeah,
2: highest levels. So oh my goodness. Levels. That's Wait, it. Can I? Yep, that's can it. I, that's can I bring it. On, okay. Can what's I, up, Spencer? I want to bring on Alan here if we can. I want to actually transition to like actual news, right? Let's so, go. so okay news of the day gw pharma is going off the board here i see it's out of its trading halt now jazz pharmaceuticals is buying gw pharma for what comes out to 7.2 oh. $7. billion dollars it's a cash and stock deal so with 200 dollars a share in cash plus 20 dollars uh in jazz shares i'm gonna bring on alan brockstein yeah. right now uh and he can break this down with us alan this Good morning by the way uh hey. nice, nice to see you this has to be like one of the greatest like success stories right
4: Oh my god I can't tell you for for the company for our industry and gosh I'll I'll say it for me too I this yeah. is my biggest position I just recently loaded up uh congratulations uh, I uh it's yeah 9 to 12% of 9 to 11% of my model portfolios and I uh I just wrote an extensive piece uh literally in December and uh, laid out kind of a great technical, you know, we talk about this all the time, but it was a, a picture perfect reverse head and shoulders. And I, I know, you know, I think we talked about this last time. It's great to look at chart patterns, but isn't it better when you can align it with the valuation and a good fundamental story? And I don't know Jazz Pharma, I'm, I'm excited because I feel like it's small enough that I can continue to leverage what I've put into GW for the last eight years, so.
1: So, you, so you think you would uh, stick with it then, like after the merger as
4: well? Yeah, well, so unfortunately, uh, you know, I, I, we're in a huge bull market right now, and so yeah. unfortunately, unfortunately, to get uh, twenty dollars of Jazz Pharma stock is is silly. So, to yeah. me, it's about uh, you know, I I need to. There's no reason to hold GW Pharma right now unless you have tax situations. Uh, The real question is going to be, do you want to own Jazz Farm? And I don't have an answer for that. Uh, I've heard of it. Uh, I've been very focused on uh, cannabis for eight years now. So I don't really pay that much attention to uh, to names outside the sector. But, uh, you know, like I said, this isn't some $200 billion market cap company buying GW. It's this is this is something that investors will be able to continue to follow. I,
1: mean, Alan, I gotta give what? you a hat tip to you here, Alan, because you've given us GW Pharma on this show. It has to be for three or four years at least. Um, Lumber. you know, this is a stock that I've always wanted to own. I never bought it. I mean, every time it's dipped, I was like, Oh, I should buy some of that GW Pharma because Alan's already said this one's the best in breed. Um it, it's on
4: uh, it's it's totally unparalleled. That's what's so interesting about it. And I, I think we're gonna see a lot of uh development in, in the what I would call cannabis science. Um uh, they're really the only company that's scaled up, obviously the only FDA approved drug, but there's like nothing that's been submitted to the FDA that's true cannabis medicine. We've seen a lot of biotech companies that are trying to do things related to CB1 and CB2 inhibitors or uh, the receptors, I mean, or, uh, you know, synthetic uh, molecules or biosynthesis, but actually working with the plant to take it through the FDA, there's been nobody.
3: Alan, let's cut to the chase here. Is this start of something in the marijuana sector? Are we gonna start seeing some more mergers and acquisitions? Or is this a one-off? If not, well, who are the potential candidates? That's what we wanna know from you, Alan. Yeah.
4: So this this is a one-off and we're gonna see more mergers. It's a one-off, because <laughs> there's, there's nobody like this. There's like there is nobody like this, literally nobody. So if you're looking for like, what's the next one to be acquired, it's literally nobody. But uh, one of my big themes for this year, uh, I, I introduced it in the new cannabis ventures newsletter, literally the second to last week of December. And we talked about how A was going to be huge this year. And two days later, two public companies, leaders in the space announced mergers and we've seen more since then. So, I think for people that are investing in the cannabis space, uh, there are now 10 US companies with uh, a billion dollars or more market cap. They all seem to have good access to capital. In fact, seven raised capital just in 2021 so far. These companies are going to acquire others. Now, the bad news is I don't see a lot of public companies out there to be acquired right now. I'll talk more about that in a second. The good news is if you pay attention to Canada, There's going to be some mergers up there. The Canadian market needs to consolidate. There's some public companies that will be acquired, in my opinion. Now, if you're investing for the long term, you'll realize that, you know, already Constellation and Altria have taken potentially controlling stakes in Canadian LPs. This is going to happen in the United States, too. We will see major companies start to take positions in American cannabis companies, but it's not going to happen until we get more clarity on the legal landscape.
2: Alan, just you know, I just want to say congratulations, huge win for the industry, huge win uh, for you. You've been bullish this stock for like Joel and Dennis said, a very long time. So, um, just want to get you on and get some color from you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate. Uh, it. We'll talk about
4: jazz next time, right?
2: What's well that? i guess you'll we'll have to do some research and come back to us right is that a
4: good one i don't even know, I swear, <laughs> I don't know the you Anybody
2: know who know? uh
1: you know who liked jazz remember joel remember he, he was his pick when he came on our show don't tell me yeah. don't tell me <laughs> <Martin> <laughs> like, yeah he came Martin on our Screlly. show you're right you're right. six months before he ended up going to jail and he oh. said,
4: I love jazz. You're right.
2: Uh, I remember no, that too. No. I remember that too. Well, no, no, I, no.
4: I will I promise next time we talk, I'll know a lot more about jazz. There's a conference call in 15 minutes. That'll be my first thanks, uh, Alan. Go
1: to your research, buddy. Right. Right. Alan, a thank, a lot. Thank,
4: thank you so everybody. much
3: for coming on at the last second. It's really appreciated here.
1: Yeah. yeah Alan wow.
3: Brockstein, 420 investor, yeah. long time, long time guest on the show. Personable, smart. Very great call, Alan. We'll let you go.
1: Yeah. yeah, great call for sure. Props to Tim Seymour, too. I looked on his portfolio and on his ETF, and it's a big holding in there as well. So you got a lot of pot stock, obviously. You know, this is a lot of a plot, And you, you're looking at other pod stocks, you know, not that they have anything to do with GW Pharma, because like Alan says, it's unique. But all the pod stocks are trading higher here this morning. So it does get, you know, some interest more. And you know what? They were actually taking off the last couple of days. I mean, you've seen, you know, a significant move up in CGC and, you, you know, and it's a egg on my face because a lot of, you know, these stocks I've dogged for a long time. But really when it all started was when we started in the new year and the short squeeze. And, you know, you saw a lot of stocks that were dogs. Those were the ones that have been outperformers in 2021. So, I mean, AFRI has had an incredible move. Um It's breaking out here again on the charts. Again, valuation scares me, but we know this market's separate from valuation. So you can't trade on valuation you trade on momentum. And a lot of these have momentum in them.
3: I think it started before the beginning of the year. I think it started around the election. And when, you know. Well, Biden, yeah, yeah, that's a good
1: call too. Yeah. You yeah, have seen this relentless bid. Right in here. Hot I mean, just, just looking and do simplicity thinking and saying, okay, Biden is in, Trump is out, I'm buying pot, I'm buying solar. Those two exactly. trades have made you, you know, first solar hasn't been great, but I mean, if you look at like sun power, you know, that stock from November has went from 20 up to, it got to $55. I mean, there's so many solar stocks. You can just go to the TAN and you can see, you know, we were $70, 115 these are big moves. And then all the pot stocks as well, having big moves higher there. So great uh, call by you here, at Joel, too. I mean, the pot stocks and solar direct bene- or, or direct beneficiaries from a Biden administration.
3: I mean, you didn't know who was going to win the election. you know. No, but you did you know,
1: afterwards. You did the well, day no, after. Did. Well, I did. Mean, did.
3: Oh, really? The day after? I took it. Well, well, well yeah, you didn't I know. It, a I couple
1: know. days after. You've known Biden is going in for a long time now. So you could say comfortably, well, I'm still unsure, And you could have bought these things mid-December. Right. You were sure by that. Still,
3: time. you could have bought even later than that. You could have bought.
1: Yeah. yeah, they've been good. I mean, well, I does see- that trade continue? The question everybody wants to know, does the trade continue? Or has the easy money been made? I tend to think the easy money has been made here. I would probably be ringing the register sometimes you see you know the stocks turn on these event days where everybody piles in at the last second I mean space was one of those stories yesterday where it was up and up and up and then it had the headline from SpaceX I know the rocket you know the issue was there as well but I mean it was just overbought so it finally does you know get a pullback there I did sell into that strength yesterday sold part of I I sold part of it because it just got way overdone I look I thought about I this at 35 I looked I bought this at 27. And I originally bought this at 16, so I took a one run from 16 to like 23, and then I rebought at 27. Uh, so it's been a good move. I mean, it got it benefited from the short squeeze. Um, the story is still intact, though, and that's why I'm still holding some of it. You know, some of these other stocks that were in the short squeeze, I sold them all. But I believe the space story is still there. It wouldn't surprise me if this thing starts to catch a bit here eventually again. But ugly candle yesterday, so you got to let the dust
2: settle a little bit on SPC.
3: Uh, what's wrong with MJ? Uh,
2: um, I'll, I'll tell you. it it's it's dra- It's been dragging because if you look at the largest holdings, it's all the um, it's all the Canadian LPs that. Were what sort the of hell's a,
1: wrong with MJ? It's from fourteen to twenty two in the last. I don't know. Month. I'm just no,
2: no, uh... but yeah, but but if you look at that compared to like the other, like the MSOS, for example, <laughs> it, it's, it's 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 lagging, right? So it just seems like it. Um it's just because it owns it holds the the largest canadian like the canopy growth and you just, just talk about the, canadian. yeah yeah and and u.s is really where it's at right now so
1: now, the canadian ones have done pretty well too here though so all right so anyways we've talked pot we've talked i mean we got to go talk the big earnings reports from last night there and there's two big ones there spencer should we go there the elephant in the room or the elephant of the market amazon
2: yeah, we should talk about Amazon at some point today. I thought I, I <laughs> well um,
1: let's, maybe we should talk that now.
2: Let's do it right now. So, Amazon completely, completely, completely blew it away. Oh, I, I don't, I don't know. To be frank, if I've ever seen a beat this like this bet like good, they since, just since, absolutely
3: since their last report. No, but e- even still, All so
2: zone. so the the consensus estimate for earnings per share was seven dollars twenty three cents. That was the estimate. Amazon came in at double that, fourteen dollars, wow. fourteen dollars. They doubled the estimate. Wow. Sales one hundred twenty five versus one hundred nineteen billion dollars. If you look year over year, they more than double their earnings per share. It, every segment, cloud, every e commerce, just blowed away above estimates that is that would be the story if, if jeff bezos hadn't also announced he's he's, he's retiring as ceo but yeah. um just absolutely blew blew it away they crushed it
1: yeah and i mean the stock was running a little bit into the report but you know not that much really it's a couple day run so we see this you know i talk about this trade all the time owning a stock a couple days ahead of the report to extract the alpha from traders coming in trying to position themselves ahead of the event and it would have played out perfectly 3,200 to 3,400 right before the reports so that was 200 points. Now it gets the pop. I mean, obviously this Jeff Bezos thing, people aren't sure what to think about that. I feel like it's like Microsoft with Bill Gates. I mean, they were around the same age, wasn't it? Joel, like, what? How old? Yeah, Gates when I, he stepped down, you know. Yeah, I, I
3: mentioned to that. that to Spencer. Both me and you thought that. I mean, I think he's still going to be really involved in the company. I think so too. Oh, sure. I mean, he owns the Washington Post. He's done. He's doing a lot of philanthropic stuff. Uh, he doesn't he want to go to the moon too? Doesn't he working mm-hmm. on something like they that? They all want to go. Yeah, to Mars. yeah. They all so, want to go to
1: Mars. They all want to. You know, that's where it's a mosque Maybe they're all going to form you know get involved together and you know get us there i think it'd be pretty cool to go to mars but
3: yeah I so i mean jump
1: on the rocket ship after i saw yesterday what happened with spacex but
3: <laughs> hey your yeah. buddy that was selling the weeklies I, I i hope he does he lay off on the weaker earnings
1: oh you yeah. know what he's making more money on this again because you want to know what the straddle was on that puppy look at it let's go look at it i we priced it a couple days ago wasn't like 170 bucks. He's killing it with that strategy. Was
3: it was it 170? It
1: was crazy, Joel. Yeah, I even looked at that. They had a jack <laughs> for the earnings report. So, you know what? 75 points. He's up hundred bucks right now. Still oh, on. Man. it. Oh
3: man. He's doing without, it without week. making
1: a call. Without making a call. Just just playing the sideways action. He's been doing it for a while. Bruce, shout out to you. I know you listen to the show every once in a while. I'm gonna shout out to Bruce. Um, he's been uh, let's go look, you know, because he was even he even emailed me on the weekend. He's like, You got 170 bucks for the weekly, weekly straddle on this. So he just sits there and he keeps writing. Now again, remember at Black Swan events, you get crushed in the strategies. So it doesn't always work. But you know, it works a lot of the times. Yeah. So look at the Straddle. We're looking at the weeklies here, just at the closing prices, obviously options. February 5th, I'm looking at. And the 3380 was going ninety-two eighty-seven plus eighty. What's that math, Joel? 167 bucks. Yeah. 167 dollars. Seventy five. So he's hundred in the green again. I mean, we don't know. He's still got a couple of days here, but what, what you know, he's writing the higher, and he's he's not doing it right. He's not taking the whole 170 because he's writing higher and he's uh, uh, writing lower. So he's writing outside of it, like writing the 3400, and you know, 30. I don't know what he was writing 3450, and then buying like the 3200 or 32 or, or writing the two hundred as well. So, but you're just bringing in so much premium all the time, and when a sideways tape, there's no strategy that pays better then writing options in a sideways tape. And Amazon has been in a sideways tape for six months. So it continues to work. You know, I'm long Amazon, full disclosure here. But man, you know, I've been sitting here not making any money on my Amazon position for the last six months. And I see Bruce just writing options and, and cleaning up on it. So great job, Bruce.
3: Uh, yeah, I'll just look at this one. We, uh, we were actually live. We stayed on a little bit after because we knew we had some big earnings reports. So I don't know why someone would take this down under 3260, frankly, Uh, what they didn't like about the report. Uh, The initial pop, uh, 3478 and a quarter. And we were at the point when I was on with Spencer, we were hoping for closer to 3500. 3496 was your all-time high back in October. So there's your next. I mean, where are you at from that? Uh, Not too far away from that. And that's not the old time high. The old time high is 3520. So, after the kind of the move it had the last two days, let's see what happens between 3500 and 3520. If you had a big position for quite a long time and you're like, wow, if I get a shot at 3500 here, you might get it today. So, we're trading up there. First things first, take out that pre market high. But this would be one if you get to like 3515, and who knows if it's going there, and then you roll over and then come back down and I don't know this is a hard one to trade this really stay
1: range bound I think the yeah. option writers continue to win here I'm just gonna yeah. say I'm long Amazon because I believe in the long term story it's my long-term investment account but short term and it's been working to write options I think it continues to work so I think you continue you know your elevated VEX premiums are elevated on everything and Amazon really doesn't warrant an elevated premium out right now because the stock has been quiet. So, I know you can say, oh, it moves 100 points yesterday. It hasn't been quiet. But I mean, look at it. Between, you know, it's been in a 10% range here for the better part of six months. So, I think option writers continue to win here. Although, eventually, I think it does break out.
3: Okay. All right. Let's do the googster. Google. All
2: right. Alphabet reported also last night. And same story. These guys just print money. Earnings per share, $22.30 versus a $15.90 estimate. So they blew that number away. Sales, oh. sales. oh my gosh, just under $57 billion versus a $53 billion estimate. Um, and there's a whole bunch of numbers as far as individual uh, uh, units. But that, those are the headline numbers. And gosh, it blew it away.
1: <laughs> it's a almost a value stock. Like, I mean, with the amount of money they're making, I know. It's, ridiculous. it's almost like, you know, you want growth at a reasonable price. It's always been Google. It's one of the biggest positions in my long-term portfolio. I bought it at $250 <laughs> about five or six years ago. I'm still long it. I sold half. I did sell half when it got to, like, 1200 or 1300 and I locked in half of it. And I, I wish I wouldn't have sold the half because, obviously, it's continued to run since. And you know when I sold half was when it did that split, Joel? Um, that was know, split weird. I know. Googles. Yeah. that's when i sold half i was like well now i have two of them and i was like why do i need two of these things in here for so i sold the one and i've held the other one i don't even know which one i own i own the google or the google i'm not even sure which one i own i probably sold the one that was higher so guess <laughs> because <laughs> i get more money but um dollars and thirty cents. i mean this company fires youtube's unbelievable seven billion dollars or something from youtube i mean what a buy this-
3: what a, the, what a
1: buy. I mean, they paid $8 billion for this. they am bringing in $7 billion for it. Like, I mean, it's unbelievable the amount of money that they make. And the, and the people are so smart there. The businesses they're doing, the other things they're doing, you know, the monopoly on search that they have. I mean, why do I want to be bearish Google? Is it going to pull back? Is it going to have pullbacks? Yes. And those pullbacks are buying opportunities.
3: Uh, just look at the action that you got right here. Uh, it's not backing off. It may, it's, we're in new, we're in unknown territory here, folks. And the highest print that you've had is 2087, but you're trading at 2073 and it, there's a bid at 2060. Someone is buying this, actively buying this at 2060. So I'll call that support and I'll call it minor support. And then I'll call resistance that high of uh, 2087, you know, you don't know, there might be some size at 2100, who knows, big run up from 1800 up to 2100. I don't know if you're going to have some shorter term players are ringing the register, but I mean, it's bid here. Sometimes you see these pre-market charts and like space yesterday. This was a great yeah. example. It got to 6260 uh, or something.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. I didn't, yeah. didn't see it that high in the pre-market. Yeah. Yeah.
3: So yeah, you look at it, and then when we were covering it on the show, it was like fifty-seven, fifty-eight, and then the yeah, red that's candle. Open. Yeah, and then that red candle—that's when you take over the regular session. So, but I—I I don't have that feeling here after. Uh, or At least no. yet for Google. Google's space had been running
1: and running and running too. It was just overbought, and and the short squeeze trade had come off. Eventually, Space and SunPower were going to cave. Because they were short squeeze plays. There was uh, other traders in there for other reasons. You know, I like SunPower and Space story That's why I held some of the stock, but I sold some because it just got ridiculous. I mean, I sold my SunPower two days ago, $53. It's $43. I mean, these are... You know so if it gets back down to 30 i'd say i'd rebuy the shares that i sold and you know you're just scalping points but you know you know me i never rebuy forget about it and then i look back and it's a hundred dollars on i
3: just never sell dennis then you don't have to worry about rebuying
1: you got it you know what though you can say that but i mean in some cases when valuation just gets so stretched you know certain stocks like amazon google apple you know those are probably no sells because valuations are actually still reasonable when they start trading 75, 85, 100 times earnings, or you get some cases, you know, I wouldn't be in those stocks. You know, at a certain point in time, you just got to say, look, enough is enough. Eventually, valuation does matter in the long run. And, you know, it's time to lock in some profits. So- You know what you're I, good at. I, I, don't, I think you got to lock some in some. I don't think you can just hold things forever because, you know, you could say that on like Eastman Kodak, you know, obviously, you know, yeah. like or certain stocks, Sears Holdings. I mean, at a certain point in time, There's time. Lock some in. Especially when you got your cost basis out. Like, I used to always do the double. I take half out, then I'm always playing with the house's money. Kramer preaches that, too. I try to hold on sometimes for a little bit longer than that, you know, because sometimes you really regret that half sale. But, I mean, when you're playing with the house's money, it's a nice feeling.
2: All right. uh, Let's move away from the earnings for a second. It's 830. We'll have Jeremy Newsom on in a couple of minutes. Let's just talk um, DuPont for a second. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, because so, Dennis was watching this at the close, and he yeah. has some thoughts.
1: Well, I tweeted it out. It has 6 million share buy imbalance. I tweeted it out when I saw it. I was like, that's a big one. That's going to move, if that's real. It was real. Uh, the way I played it was I just put out LOC orders to short the stock. Yes, I'm still shorting stock. <laughs> oh, you Dennis,
3: you evil guy. You Fine, evil, man, evil guy. But
1: you want to know something? I think it really moved because you have so many – Prop traders are actually spooked to short stocks right now. I mean, they're starting to come back in. Don't kid yourself. There's a lot of traders who never got spooked. I was laying off shorts for a couple days there to a certain extent, but I'm not anymore. And you see a $6 share buy imbalance on DuPont. It ran from $74, and then I throw out the LOC. My LOC orders were like 75. So LOC is a limit on close order. <laughs> that order gets executed on the closing print, or it cancels. So if you put out like a 70 spot, and, and this is where I threw I threw out, it was like 74.25 when that huge buy and balance was posted. I was like, saw so I threw out 75 and 75 and a half, and a little bit more, a little bit higher. Um, and, um, I got executed on all 76.45 in the closing print. Sure. <laughs> you're like, boom, but yeah, <laughs> you know what, in me, the scalper blood in me, at 75.80 offer, I was like, nah, take the 60 cents, bing. And, you know, obviously it came down a little bit lower since then, but I mean, that's a classic fade. These, these huge moves off of imbalances have always been classic fades. And the reason for that is they're not based on, you know, fundamentals. They're based on order
3: flow. Order flow, Yeah. Or,
1: order flow moves often do get faded. So, you know, I used to always run algorithms, you know, to pick up, you know, these different, you know, uh, trades and and you know, and what the shorts do in this case is, you know, they cushion. That that buy imbalance the exchange posts that because they're like we got a huge buyer at the at the at the close here, we need help. Why? They're they're posting it because we need help because they they want the shorts to come in to provide liquidity to this order because we don't have enough sellers. So they advertise it out there in the imbalance feed. And I, I'm the one that comes in and provide, you know, traders like me come in and provide liquidity to this. If we didn't come in and think it gap to 78 or 80, but, it, but in normal markets, it probably only gaps up 50 cents. But because you got so many shorts spooked right now, it, it gaps, you know, it, it runs up a buck and a half in the number and then gaps another like 70 or 80 cents on the closing print. So, you know, these are market structure things. The imbalances are information you can use. Um, you know, I do sometimes tweet out the big ones in the morning. I tweeted that one out just for the simple reason. It's like, this is a big one. It could really move. And I wanted my traders to know that on Twitter that there was an opportunity here.
3: I don't understand. I don't understand why. I mean, I know they have their programs. I know they have their systems and everything. And they need to do it. But, man, if someone had an order, I mean, I guess they need the closing print, right, in order for their systems. But why would you put an order in like that? I, no, mean, I, don't,
1: I don't order that big. I don't
3: understand. Send me no, an email and I'll help you get out of that position a lot better than that. I mean, you're just showing your hand. I don't I don't know, but they need because the exact there's
1: so much liquidity on the clothes, though. That's like learned behavior where institutions know there's, you know, big fish on the close. There's, you know, liquidity providers that are going to come in and, you know, they, they six million is a big one, but sometimes it's six hundred thousand. And then it comes in. It doesn't move much because there's so many liquidity providers that will come in. But again, right now, institutional traders, if you're listening out there, the shorts are spooked to a certain extent right now. It's not fully. Like, they're coming back in. I mean, in probably a couple weeks, as long as we don't get any more short squeezes, the markets are seemingly going to go back to normal. But you've got traders that are not shorting stocks right now. Certain ones that short stocks all the time, they're still spooked. So they look at that and they think, oh, am I going to get run over in this? And they don't do a trade that they would normally do. I did it. Um, I shorted the stock at seventy six forty five and covered, like I said, right away. Did you, but a lot did of you lay are, off? Are at long all? Long.
3: Did, you, did we, I do we, what? Did you lay off on you uh, know on? No, not one? at all. I mean, no.
1: six million. If, if Dupont wants to run up two bucks in the last five minutes, I'll <laughs> short the stock on no news. So I mean, that's a that few stock's system, been right? weird.
3: They did the spinoff, right? And then they've done so many. If someone could do a history of. It was dupont and then dow and then dupont dow and then dow dupont and then they split up and now i, I, don't, under, I don't understand that we're gonna have to make a uh when the pandemic's over and make a trip up to midland michigan and find out what is going on i just very confusing but uh anyways it's given back from that couple high if you're trading this thing i don't know if many people do uh got Inside day yesterday. So play it. Play if you break out of that high, which is going to be pretty hard to do. But But again, remember,
1: remember, remember, this was, this is a lot of fluff in it right now. This $2 move at the end of the day was all from one, you know, probably one big buyer in the stock. That one big buyer bought a really bad price. So it's not surprising that it's down a dollar here right now. Is it going to have follow through? Is it going to be? I mean, you almost got to eliminate this little last move from from your thoughts on when you're trading something like this technically, because this wasn't a technical move. This was based on order flow and imbalance information. So, I mean, you, you can say, oh, yeah, DuPont's going. I want to get long. I mean. These, these imbalances are fading opportunities usually. They're not, you know, opportunities exactly. where it's something gaps $2 and it goes another $2. I mean, you know, people learning some bad things from GME maybe in this case where, oh, a stock that goes up 10% goes up 10% the next day. That's not always the case. Not in normal markets. And this market has worked to a certain extent, especially in the short squeeze stocks. But I I, I typically think that when you see these big moves on the close that they're more fading opportunities
2: if there's no news. All right, let's bring on our second guest of the day, Jeremy Newsome from reallifetrading.com. Jeremy, good morning, sir. What up, squad? How's it going? We're hanging in there. As where,
3: where's that burly beard of yours?
2: It's right there. What do you mean? Where, oh, where is yeah, it?
3: God, it's, come on. Got,
2: <laughs> it's on, dude. It's, it's on. It on? This is this on? Where a is it? This is a
3: mask. Oh, I'm looking on. Oh, he I, looks oh,
1: great, man. He looks great with a beard. This guy thanks.
3: looks good. <laughs> thanks,
5: man. How are you, champion? I you love the me?
1: I love the neon real life trading sign in the back. Look at that thing, man. That's yeah. Cool. That's right there. I like that.
5: Yeah. Thanks, brother. Triple
3: Z. So, Jeremy, man. congratulations. You're getting married. Thank right? you, sir. Yep. When is when is that?
5: Valentine's Day,
3: February. Oh, whoa! Whoa! or next year. This year.
2: You guys, ah. you, did
1: that fast? you just got engaged like a month ago. How the heck do you? I guess just to get her dad, eh? Dude, he's, right. a,
2: he's a trader.
1: He's a yeah. trader.
5: I'll, say this. I'll say this, man. With the whole COVID situation, right? It's like, well, there's only so much you can do anyway. So it's like, well, True. this. Good point. Let's just make it happen. This is a good thing If anyone's thinking about getting married. It's like, you can have a very, very reduced-cost wedding price. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, hey, what do you think? Five <laughs> people? You know, maybe?
3: <laughs> so, yeah, man. All right, let's Here's get to the See? markets. Mr. Newsome here. Uh, we were on Sunday night during that carnage, and you Woo. were looking to buy the dip. I mean, yeah. I think the dip was up even before before we got done. Just the liquidation, but two hundred yeah. point rally here. We're back. Is are we we struggled up at this uh this thirty eight, thirty eight forty eight and a half is the all time closing high. Sixty two quarters of print. I mean, a little bit of a trading range here. or Do we got the juice? Just to blast to thirty nine hundred.
5: Oh man, I think we have the juice, dude. Um- <laughs> Again, I don't know exactly when it happens, but overall, this is, this market is so hot. It is so hot. Um, I know I'm gonna lose at some point with the buy the dip. But it has to. It has to not work at some point. But when it does, I'll lose. I'll cry about it for a little bit, and you know it'll be a small loss, six, seven percent maybe max, uh, and then we'll move on and find something else to do. But right now, it's it's woman. More-
3: another one of your calls that was. Went against you for a little bit. a doc, doc, you were convicted Ooh. on this one. Yeah, you a... it, it did
5: go against me for uh for a week and a half. You're right. It was, you know.
1: <laughs> uh, Jeremy, talk about when trades go against you. You do you have your hard stop, your number in where you figure out okay? Because I know you're a good risk manager and you don't let stuff get away from you. Yeah. How do you control
5: risk on a stock like TDOC? Yep, great question, man. So in general, my approach on it is you have to have one of two time frames. You either have to have like a very short term, smaller time frame, or a little bit of a longer time frame. And this one for me was a longer time frame. And this is one that number one, you do not go in your whole position up front. So you know if you want to buy hundred thousand dollars worth of stock or whatever, you don't just take your hundred thousand day one you're in. So normally I scale in over two or three weeks. So I'll put in. 25 and then week next week, 25 and then the next week, 25 and the next week, 25. So you spread out over time, you spread out over price so you don't get too emotionally involved. But then at that point, man, you just come up with a plan before you start purchasing how long you want to be in that position for. And that was what I told you guys. I was like, I'm going to be in this until at least March or April. So I'm going to hold it. And I did absolutely have a level that was like, if it breaks this level, I'm going to be in some protection, right? Buy some puts, do something that's going to protect my downside, maybe sell some calls. But in general, I mean, the chart looked good. The trend looked good. I wasn't really afraid at any particular point. And guys, I'm still long this stock. So I think it's going to continue personally.
3: I think Kathy uh, helped you out on that one too, didn't she? I'm not
5: going to disagree on that one. My girl, Kathy, came to bat. I had to shoot her text messages. So I'm like, Kathy. <laughs> What do you think about TDLC, huh?
3: <laughs> do you have anything that you thought was going to go and it didn't go and you're just kind of, you're not, you, you know, you're, you're not giving up, but like, darn it, man. I, I really thought, thought this would go with this market.
5: Um, Oh, this, this presently. Um.
3: No, everything's going here. Yeah, I everything, saying, went, went. everything went. I'm 100% winners. <laughs> here, here's the one I was not
5: in. I did not play this, but it did not go anywhere. It was Dropbox. And Dropbox, Like, if you have one market, Dropbox, if you have one market to succeed in, it's this one. And how are you losing? Like, how is this thing not going higher? So Dropbox, I don't have any position in it. I haven't lost on it. But no, man, ironically enough, and this is not because I'm good. This is because the market's awesome. Everything I've been in kind of has been eventually going higher. Uh Wix WIX is taking a little bit longer than I anticipated, but I do have positions in Wix. I'm up a little bit on it. Would hope it goes higher. Wait, uh,
2: Jeremy, Jeremy, I have a question. Are you yeah. superstitious at all in your in your trading? Um, I'm more stitious than superstitious. Okay, so you're so you <laughs> What what would ha- what would have to happen for you to shave the beat? Like how bad would you have to screw up to shave the beard like how many Ooh. losing trades in a row would it take nice. to Dude. shave the beard good
5: question man um if i had 10 losing trades in a row i'd shave the beard okay yeah all right because yeah. uh, eight eight right now i think is my max uh in the last three or four years if i had to recall just like i've, lose. I've lose. 18 you got a long ways to
1: go before you catch my 8 yeah, <laughs> i've had 18 18 the record 18 is the record to beat folks. 18 losing trades in a row. That's the big oh. one to beat. I love
3: it, man. Are you I picking on uh, are you picking on any stocks on the short side?
5: Man, I, dude, I can't I have I'm not I'm not triple D. I don't do any LOC orders like that guy is a beast. We all know he's the best trader in the world, ah. Um, I, I haven't I haven't shorted anything, man, even on a day trade, even like Harley Davidson. I tried to short Harley-Davidson because this thing is, this is one of the worst stocks in the world, I think. Like, it's just <laughs> yeah, awful. Um, and even Harley-Davidson didn't really give me that many short opportunities on the day trade the other day. I mean, it did drop, but like what? It went down for a whole eight minutes, you know? So, man, I haven't. I haven't made $1 shorting a stock in the last few um, weeks, I would say. I tried, man. GameStop, I tried. Hard. Couldn't, couldn't find any oh. borrow. Couldn't do anything. Um, yeah. This is after it started dropping, obviously. Yeah. What a, couldn't do anything.
3: What about uh, how much money are you deploying into the SPAC market?
5: Zero, zero, man. I'm not smart enough to understand the SPACs. I don't, I don't get it. Um, I, I really, really feel like there's a, a massive issue going on with these SPACs right now, and I don't know if it's going to be. I don't know if we're in 1999 or 1997. I think we're in 1997, but the SPAC issue is way too hot. I don't understand it. I mean, I get it. I get it from like a basic level, but I don't see why it's so hot right now. And I know Playboy is coming back out, like they're reinventing, they're doing another SPAC. Uh, man, there's so many weird ones. So yeah, zero, dude, uh, I am playing DraftKings, which did come out from a special acquisition company. But I, I do understand DraftKings. And it also took me about five or six months to warm up to it after it transitioned to start buying it and trading it. But yeah, man, um, not too many at all, honestly.
3: All right, you guys. Uh, you got something for him, Spencer, Dennis? No, I, well, I go, Spencer. I, like
2: I, I, I I was gonna comment on what Jeremy just said, about not knowing what you, you know, how early or late in the game we are. Uh, you know, I've, I've I've done a lot of reading just about the dot com bubble, and there are people in '95 that were like, "This is unsustainable. Oh, this yeah. is a bubble." Yeah, and they were right. Eventually, it took five years to get there, and they missed. Yeah. and they missed the the rest, the bulk of the party. You
5: could you could say. So, oh, dude, you're right. 100 right. I, yeah. I think, I think that's where we're at right now because the whole like it's a bubble. Not everyone can see it. So many people, so many people are like, "Oh, this is too hot. There's something wrong," and everyone's doing it. So that's why I'm like, Ah, I think we got a little bit more to go.
2: So, so do you think part of that comes from the fact that from 2000 to 2000. 10, basically, that was a lost decade for stocks, right? There was two bubbles in a one-decade span, and do you think that created this sort of psychology where everyone wants to be the next person yeah. to the be the contrarian and yes. call the bubble and call the top? When in reality, we know that stocks go up more often than they go down. You're 100
5: right, man. That 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 to me, I'm a Dow theorist, right? I've studied Dow theory. Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to look like Charles Dow, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> And the thing is like we broke out of a 10-year distribution phase on the broader market and yeah. we're just screaming i think we're going to continue to go i don't think we're even close to stopping right now yeah well while
1: well, you think about what stocks did from 1968 to 1980 we had dow 1000 in 1968 and then we peeled back and it took like 12 years to get back to 1000. Yep. and then since then you know we've been straight up so it seems like this market does do exactly that you get these lost decades in here we've yeah. burned investors you know and obviously you know we're 20 years later so people have forgotten you know about that yeah. and, you know they haven't been burned so and then you get the big moves but the one big difference between this market and where we were in 1999 is there's a lot of stocks that are still trading with reasonable valuations i mean yeah. it's not like everything's trading with a p of 80 70 i mean I, like, I, like i always say you know walmart was trading with a p of like 60 back in the dot-com bubble so yeah. i mean th- this is a different market i mean there there's reasonable valuations all over the place there is a 1999 feel in certain stocks but from right. an overall market perspective i mean look at google i mean they're making 20 bucks in the quarter you do the multiple on that the thing's trading like 22 times earnings i mm-hmm. mean this is not an expensive stock by any valuation metric so there's lots of stocks that are still actually priced reasonably and that's why i don't feel like we are in 1999
5: Yep, totally agree, man. 100%. There are some, like you said, there's some, but not all of them. There are some.
2: Question from our chat, Jeremy. uh, Question from our chat. Any thoughts on metals and miners? I don't know if you follow that area of the market. Yeah, dude, metals and miners.
5: So, miners, uh, I never trade miners generally because they're the number one. I shouldn't say number one. They're top five, like most speculative, most absolutely awful. If you have a pump and dump burn story, it's probably coming from a gold or silver miner. (laughs) Um, but I do trade actual metals. Like it makes sense to me. So I did actually buy leaps on silver yesterday, Whoa. January 25, 2022 leaps. And, uh, that's the 25 is the strike price. So I am I actually long, I like silver. I like the pullback. I like, yeah. the um, it, it, it seems good to me. There's a little bit of fear on silver right now. Ironically enough, people are thinking the whole wall street bets and the pump and all that stuff, but just on a chart basis, it looks good, and I don't know, man, I like it. So I'm in some leaps. They're not very expensive, four dollars and a quarter when I bought them. So it's not that's not too bad.
3: Yeah, and you got a long time. All right, before we let you go, um, Bitcoin twenty. I'm I'm like I like to follow the futures. Twenty two consecutive closes in the thirty thousand dollar handle. I don't think <laughs> I'm gonna. I don't think I'm gonna get. Uh, I mean, I don't think I'm gonna get that twenty. I really Nothing. want to see it I do I, I I know we made we talked about it the other night I don't know it's just it's just hanging out here consolidating for too long the move is higher I know your Bitcoin strategy yeah. is so you just buy a little bit every day right so you're yeah. not worried about you're just building okay I just thought uh, how much wanted... of
1: your portfolio I want to just go about how much of your portfolio is in Bitcoin Jeremy how much of so, your okay. over-
5: yeah, overall, it was, it was before we started running up. So in November, um, I sold about 70% of my Bitcoin, which obviously was a stupid idea. Um, so whatever, but you got to lock in some gains. My dollar cost average was very low. My okay. overall portfolio was 70% cryptocurrency. Holy so, wow! Yeah. yeah That's that. Yeah. yeah. So right now it's about 25%.
1: Okay. So you brought it back down just because yeah, it's had probably. such a run.
5: It was just having such a run, man. And yeah, I sold. I mean, everyone sells low, but it was one of those like, I did fine. Uh, I was buying during COVID. I got in really, really heavy and aggressive. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite up there. But I, I I just believe in it, man. I think it's really incredible. I think it's very, very intriguing. I think it's super that, interesting and very speculative, but very fun.
1: Another question uh, for you. Um, <laughs>
5: is it all Bitcoin? I know you're trying to take Jeremy no, away from
1: no, me. No, Is it all no, no, want Jeremy. Other crypto. <laughs>
5: <laughs> yeah. So the only th- these are again just my opinion. I'm only in Bitcoin and Ethereum. I trade actively. Litecoin. Uh, I don't do Dogecoin. I don't do DA- Dogecoin. No, do- no Dogecoin. No. Um. Yeah. Just Bitcoin and Ethereum are the two main holdings that I have, and I actively
3: trade Litecoin. So. Okay.
5: That's really it for me. Yeah, man. Just all me. right.
3: So we are gonna let. The super smart, super friendly, incredibly talented author, comedian, and nationally ranked jiu-jitsu. Uh, can uh, you show us some jiu-jitsu? Can you show us a little bit of that?
5: You can't, you can't really. You yeah. know. Joel, stop it. Yeah.
3: Can you break boards? Or uh, no. is that karate? No, no you can't break totally boards. Totally break there. that
1: I
5: sign have. behind you, that RL right before. you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thanks jeremy <laughs> you're welcome man thank yeah. you so for having me i love you guys thank you for your
2: time all right all thanks right. a lot jeremy to jeremy is from real life trading.com hit that like button if you like jeremy we love him we love his insights we love his 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 dance moves and and all that stuff so uh we appreciate the time jeremy Eight fifty now uh we'll probably go a little bit past nine o'clock today want to cover some more earnings and get some tickers from the chat where yeah. should we or, or do you, you want to go to baba here because baba was up this yeah. morning They seem to have reconciled or at least come to some kind of agreement uh, with the regulators and financial, which is, of course, a um, uh, like affiliate or subsidiary, uh, whatever you want to call it, of Alibaba. They have agreed to how they're going to restructure that company. So Alibaba is up on that news this morning.
1: That's two sixty five level. It's right there again. I mean, it keeps bumping its head up against it, and then it can't get through it. The line is in the sand. You could draw a hard line: two sixty five, two sixty six, two sixty seven. That whole area, that's where it needs to get above, and then you can make the run to two eighty. Um, so is this the news to propel it through? It's good. That it's holding up here this morning, and it's good news for the company. So, but it's been a tough area, so it's hard to buy at resistance. Yeah, I'm long we'll at disclosure still. Yeah, it hit two sixty
3: eight at your good high so actually 267.99 uh uh, just hanging out here a gap to fill let's see if we can fill that gap today uh you got a gap between 68.97 and 75.67 kind of some of that bad news is coming out but uh i mean this is kind of the news you want to hear on the thing right it uh you know revives it let's see if it, it holds in here holds 265 closes above it current nice gain in Alibaba and what was it earnings yesterday? They weren't too nice to it. And then comes out with the good news. Dennis, they want to hear about the 18 red trades in a row story. Ha.
1: Uh, that was up Bright. That was when I first started at Bright Trading back in 1999. So my first week of trading, I started in May of 1999. I traded retail for three years. I joined right after university. I joined Bright Trading Detroit office in May of 1999. My first week of trading, I made money um just like i was like oh i'm good at this too you know i'm like uh, you know coming in rookie (laughs) boom making money i'm like oh yeah this is easy then the next week was the smack around where i was like realizing oh maybe i don't know what i'm doing and i can remember it was like the tuesday of the next week so about like six days into my prop trading career and i lost on 18 consecutive trades in a row 18 trades in a row i mean even if you think about what's the odds of that because really it's like 50 50 right I mean, you buy the stock or you short the stock, you know? So you're like picking really bad. It's like, you know, you're intentionally like doing, looking at something wrong and going the wrong way. So I think it was a little bit of chasing was a reason for it, um, you know? And I realized, you know, maybe that's where I was a lot tunneling like day six. I was like, ooh, when I chase stocks, I get hurt. You see something jumping, you know? And oh, this stock's going. Okay, I'm going to jump on that moving train. And then as soon as you get in, then it comes the other way. So yeah, so I lost, I think, 18 consecutive trades. And in a row. So change. I mean, if you're starting yeah. out.
3: Your first yep. starting out, you can start, add some rough
1: patches in there, Joel.
3: Yep, and you were trading small. I remember I told you to yeah. trade small, and then then you turned it around and you were trading like, you know, 100 shares, 100 shares. And then, and, you know, Smart. I looked, I observed your trading every day, and I'm like, finally, I went to you, I go, Dennis, I go, I think you start trading 200 shares now.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> let's up the size. Yeah,
3: and, and then you never look back. But uh, let's cover some more stocks here, less stories, more stocks. What do you want to cover?
2: We could do Chipotle, we could do EA. Oh, yeah. They both had earnings yesterday after the close. Uh, both, well, Chipotle is r- really high price now. Uh, I mean, you, you, you were know, hanging out much. at
3: all-time high in this thing, right? Yep. Going yep. into the yep. report. What do you want? Yep. I mean, I don't know. know it good. The... It got a
1: little breakout yesterday ahead of the report. We talked about, does it run ahead of the report? And it did, man. It ran from 1500 <laughs> to 1550 so it had the little run ahead of the report. Needed, needed to be price. It's price for its price for perfection. Pulls back a little bit. But I, do you think this st- story's over here in Chipotle? I mean, valuations never mattered in this thing. Nope. I think there's underneath demand here. So I think eventually, probably buy the dip works on this again. I don't know if it works on day one, but I think it probably eventually works again.
3: Uh, you took it down. How would you take it there? You took it to 1451. And then what do you got? You got, I mean, for this stock, I mean, this is this is a pretty, I mean, to have this many lows in the same area, that comes in, oh, man, I'll just have to call 14, 1460, 1470. That really takes care of those lows there. And uh, you did get there in the pre-market, see if it holds in the regular session. On the upside, uh, top of yesterday's range, or the bottom of yesterday's range was 1521.60 you if you want out there you might be able to get out there you know uh, if uh you know a quick bounce off the open by the dippers so if you're looking for the all-time closing high price that will be my number uh today in cmg and that is is fifteen
2: all right let's go to the chat do some tickers. Uh, I see CCIV. C I V. I'll I'll let Spac's attack handle that. That's a Spac, so I'll I'll let Chris Katchu take that at at sure, eleven. Um, Nokia report to earnings tomorrow morning, guys. Let's look at that. It was it was one of these short squeezes, and it yeah. gave it back really really quickly. Okay,
1: so this is a setup where if it gets a pop into the earnings, it's probably a selling opportunity because there's people who are caught in this thing. You have day traders, short term traders, Reddit traders who are all caught in this thing hoping to get out there's a lot of people who bought it at five bucks and they're like they rushed to nine and then it's at five and now they're losing and then they're one of you wanting to get their money back so which one is this and okay and okay if you N-okay. get an earnings pop it's probably a selling opportunity that's what i'm saying in my opinion i don't know if you're going to get the earnings pop i have no idea i'm not playing it ahead of it i'm just yeah. saying if it pops it's setups you know traders are like if then if then if this thing pops i think it's a shorting opportunity
3: Dennis, well, we, we, you were talking about this one during the short squeezes, and you uh, you said, man, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it in this one.
1: You know when right? they jacked it? Do you want to know? when? This is a great market structure lesson for you. Do you know when they jacked that from 5 to 9? Do you uh, know when they jacked it?
3: On the open or close?
1: After 11 o'clock when Europe was closed. Oh. They jacked it when Europe was closed look at the tr- look at go look back at the tape from 6 days ago cuz I was like oh my like I'm like no way is Europe going to allow this thing because it's so traded it's so held over there it's so thick over there it's an ADR I'm like it's probably you know I don't think I think it's too thick to get short squeezed like that they jacked it in those hours that Europe was closed and then Europe reopens the next day and it's right back down there because it was all stupidity sorry it was um, you know, it's a hard thing to say, but I mean, you're trying to jack something that's a very widely held stock. I mean, what was the short interest on Nokia? I don't. It, see it, it was. Let me uh, see. It, let me see if it was. I was it like look a up. thirty or forty percent, or it was. I don't it? know if was it, was it was that high. That big um, was it?
2: No, I don't think so.
1: And that but was you, like four or five percent. Maybe I'm wrong. I never looked it up.
3: You know what? I, you know who participated in this? It wasn't. Exactly. It wasn't retail. It was the big boys going after. It could
1: English. have been. They yeah. jacked it during the time that Europe was closed because you lose all that liquidity. So I mean, it, it was after eleven o'clock when that thing popped. So and that's what I was like. How did they? I, I look back at the tape because I, I wasn't. I didn't notice it even moving. I was, you know, I'm doing other things. Um, and I'm like, how did they jack Nokia to nine bucks? How is that possible? And then I was like, they did it during the hours that Europe was closed. Wow. they did it during the hours that europe was closed so maybe you're right maybe there was you know some shenanigans going on there that they actually timed that perfectly or maybe it's just the natural buying pressure would would you know the selling pressure wouldn't be there the set the liquidity wouldn't be there when europe was closed so that's when it, it lightens up these european stocks lighten up after 11 o'clock so you know there's still you know high frequency traders but they're not going to make as tight of markets when they can't arbit with the european markets that's why it gets thinner and that's where you can see these outside moves so that's what nokia you know, when it jacked that one day was during the hours that Europe was closed.
3: 979 is what it actually got to. 979 and close the day at 693. What a gift. Yeah. What Man. a gift. If
1: you're in these stocks, you know, for years, like, and that's what we kept saying, Joel, in this WSB stuff. I mean, they were getting prices like Viacom and Kroger, you know, like GameStop got all the attention, but there was so many other ones. Tootsie Roll, there was so many other stocks. Look at Tootsie Roll now. Look at what it did all the way back down. I almost feel like buying Tootsie Roll now. No you, back.
2: no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs>
1: 30 bucks. There's no. You're right
3: back to where you were. There's no squeeze. Monthly support. Yeah, yeah. Monthly <laughs> support. Maybe it's,
1: there's so many. Maybe there's so many bag holders in here now that maybe that actually makes it take out support. I mean, you can think about that too. But I mean, a lot of these stocks have not given back just 60 or 70 percent of the gains. A lot of them gave it all back. The entire thing. I mean, there's still a few that are holding on to some games like GameStop. AMC is still up a little bit from there. But some of them have given back the whole thing. I mean, unbelievable that you know this trade came off so viciously. And there's some people who really got burned here. And it goes to show you again, you know, one, you're chasing stocks, you end up losing usually. Um, and then two is you gotta have some type of basis, like fundamental basis for you know, justifying a price, just randomly saying GameStop's gonna go to a thousand because it's getting squeezed. It could have, it easily could have. It could have went anywhere. I even said on the show, I'm like, this could go to a thousand. It could go anywhere when it was 300. There was no way to know. But you knew when the dust settled that it was probably going to eventually be significantly lower. People are asking, is it going to be another squeeze?
3: There could Who be. Who knows? Who there knows? Could be.
1: Is it going back to 400? I would think not. I would think there's so many people caught in this thing now. I think rallies are to be sold in all of these stocks. But you never know in this market. I mean, GameStop's ripping right now. It's 100 bucks here right now. It was 80 last night. So, I mean, there's some vicious little rallies in here, even yesterday. It went from 74
3: to, yeah, 74 to over. It doubled in an hour. I mean, the trading in this thing is just wicked. Wicked. You know what? Uh, I've been trying to come up with a a term or a story for the the market last week, you know, uh, what was going on. And the only story I can think of uh, have you ever heard about um, some ants were on a turd? Or, and it was going down. So, <laughs> where are you go,
2: where, where are you going with this one, John? Okay.
3: And they were on this huge log, okay? And they were floating down the river, right? And these ants are saying, you know, wow, we are just we're just controlling where this goes, right? And we we know everything, right?
2: Okay. <laughs> well, I'm with the you. Log, so the
3: turd rolled over and all the ants were dead. <laughs>
2: That is that like a Chinese is proverb a turd, not a log. Is that a Chinese proverb, Joel? Where did that yeah. come from?
3: That came from my dad, and I wish he was still around. His birthday ants was on, a on a the first.
1: Analogy. Yes, I've never heard the ants on a turd analogy, but that is only from the one and only Joel Alconin. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Float down alone? the river, and they're, so they're, in, control. they're,
1: they're the in control, they're in
3: control, and top. then the log rolls over, and they're all dead.
2: What a yeah, that, <laughs> that that's exactly right. Exactly. Right.
1: On GameStop nine a.m. That's why you saw the wicked little pop from yep. ninety to one hundred three.
2: They've a new technology officer. So yep. this is Matt amazing. Matt Francis just got uh, appointed as their new technology chief technology officer. um But yeah, someone mentioned this in the chat, and it's going to be it's continued. It's going to be a, a great mystery until we get an answer. But why did they not raise money? No one knows. I know that's they it. never said a word. That's the question. They never said a word. It's Why like, do they not raise money? I don't. I wish we had an answer. I really do.
1: I think it's like the deer caught in the headlights analogy, you know, where they're sitting there and they're looking at the headlights coming out. They are not, can't move. They just can't stop looking at the car. I mean, they I just can't stop looking at the market price. I don't know. They, is this real? And they just, you know, obviously, they missed a great opportunity there. I mean, maybe mm-hmm. they didn't want it to stop. Maybe they, they knew when they were going right. to do an offering that it was going to probably, you know, knock the price down significantly. So, maybe they didn't want that to happen. I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever have the answer to why they didn't do the offering there. But they're trying, look, they're doing another appointment here. 903. Now we got Kelly Durkin as Senior Vice President of Customer Care and Josh Kruger as Vice President of Fulfillment. So- oh, yeah. Well,
2: that was all, that, that was actually all in the same press release. Um, And That's so. Exciting.
1: In, in, yeah. in a normal market for normal companies, this is a nothing burger.
2: But I'll give I'll, I'll give you some more clarity here. Matt Francis was an engineer. I'm reading from the PR, an engineering leader at Amazon Web Services. Uh, oh, Kelly Kelly Durkin, uh, where was she? Uh, she was at Chewy. And Josh Krieger, he was at uh, Amazon and Walmart previously. So,
1: we had some big names, and so that helps a little bit. Is the stock worth $105? Probably not, but I mean, it's squeezing a little bit here. What's a it's gonna good, be yeah. It's going to be a wild ride back to 20 or 30. It's going to be up and down, and there's going to be some squeezes in there. I do think when the dust settles, it's probably eventually back down to that $20, $30 area, but who knows? This party could go on again. I'm not shorting it.
3: All right. Any more uh, any more tickers out there to take a look at?
2: Yeah, there, there, there's a bunch. So what we're going to do, we're actually doing an experiment today, everyone. Uh, normally at this time, I would wrap it up and, and we would just and we would sign off uh, un- until John and I come back at 340. But we're going to stay on here. We're going to keep this stream going all day. So after. What? Yeah, what? I know. I know. So after Dennis signs off, maybe Joel and I will do some ticker time. Uh, we're gonna get all, we're gonna get off. Uh, Mish Hotch is gonna come on, and we're gonna keep this thing going throughout the day. We have because we have like five or six shows, and we, we we're we're continuously going off and going on and going off and going on. So what we're doing today is we're just gonna keep the stream on perpetually all day, and uh, that's that's gonna how this is is it gonna work. Uh, we're gonna try it today we'll, we'll see how it works uh so that's the plan uh, i would like to stay on with joel for a few and do, do some ticker time uh, and then i'll hop off and we'll have more people joining we'll have spax attack joining in this exact uh stream at wow. at what 10 30 or 11 i think 11 we'll have the power hour on with jason and luke on after that and uh we'll have an entire day of programming straight from 8 a.m. until John and I wrap it up at the 4 p.m. close. So that's gonna be the plan for the day. So Dennis, feel free to hop off unless you have any yeah, final I, I, final I, I, words I of wisdom. final thoughts
1: here. Keep GME on your screen today. I mean, it's just went up from 90 to 110. If it continues to rally here, and I don't know anybody knows what GME is gonna do in the short term, it could possibly roll the market over. So and, just remember, there, there, it's not gonna be, this indicator is not gonna last probably even a week longer, but it's still working right now. Exactly why GME got killed yesterday, the market was ripping. So the market has been moving off, the overall market has been moving opposite to GME for about a week now. And it's worked perfectly almost every single day. And I've been making money off of using the GME indicator in that way. The market is not responding to this GME news yet. But I would expect if GME continues to rally, I don't know if it's going to do that. It might just roll over. But if GME is 113 now, if it does continue to rally, I think eventually some people will start selling SPY and they'll start selling other stocks as well. So just keep that in mind if you're trading. The GME indicator right now is still working. In a week, it's not going to be mad or anything, but I don't think. But right now, it is still working. So be careful on the market right now if you're chasing this morning because that GME is trading up significantly.
3: You I got can, a private message on Twitter and the yeah. uh, the highest bidder is $400. So For your I'm, levels on GME? Oh, yep. Geez. Yep. everybody so, pay you $400 bucks for doing stock levels? Man, I'm in the wrong job. Yeah. yeah it. yep. It's just good for today. and uh, <laughs> You'll <yeah. laughs> right, we'll uh, have to pay you, another 400 bucks tomorrow.
1: It was a joke, by the way, with Joe, you, but I don't know.
3: Maybe somebody can, it. No, <laughs> it's not a joke. Is that a <laughs> all these a Yeah, you, I mean, you can
2: so- profess your professor thanks to Dennis by smashing that like button on whatever platform you're watching this show on and before Dennis signs off I just want to say again because this show is still going to be available as a podcast so for all you podcast listeners please remember all the information from our show is meant to be used as informational purposes not for investing or training advice Joel do you want to stay on and do some ticker time for a couple yeah, of seconds? Yeah let's do minutes? it Yeah, just right. um
3: before you know, could you check to see if there's news? Because I mean, you know, yeah, on, stock on what? And then check news. Yeah. Well, no, on, on anything. Because
2: I, got still- I got you. I got you, bro. I got you. I'm with you. I'm with you. So let's do some stickers.
0: I saw a number of. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone.